Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Wednesday, February 15th, episode number 87. I'm Mike, Mike Marshall, to be more specific. He is uh, Jacob Kemp. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at NotJackKemp. You can follow me at Machine Sports if you're interested in that kind of thing. And you can follow the show at Locked On Mavs, and I'll try and uh, share the episodes whenever they get posted in the, uh, in the morning. But uh, how about you just go ahead and subscribe? How about you do that? And then maybe uh, rate and review. Give us some five-star reviews. If you feel that's fitting. If you just want to give us four stars, that's cool too. Um, But, uh, yeah, if you want us to talk about your business today or every day uh, at this exact time, feel free to reach out to the the email that I mentioned, and uh, we can put something together and get you in front of, uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people every morning and uh, get your your whole scene popping. not a ton to talk about today, not going to lie. <laughs> so this one's probably going to be a little bit short. So uh, you're going to have a short run uh, during your lunch break or however you uh, ingest these. Just run uh, faster. Yeah, exactly. Get the same distance in. Today is the day you, uh, you PR. You, pers- high, you personal record today. <laughs> High-intensity interval training. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, let's do uh, some of the housekeeping, I suppose. Um, after they lost the uh, Monday night, Mavs fell to 22-33. and 33. Now they're projected to be a 34-win uh, team by 538, which uh, sneaks them back into uh, the top 10 at, uh, at number 9 would be that pick uh, if everything falls in line with these 539 or 538 projections. Um, and they've, uh, they've snuck underneath the Kings there at the 9 spot, so... What, uh, what we should probably spend most of the time on, uh, because tomorrow we'll have a game to rehash. Um, they're in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Detroit. That's a <laughs> – so you must have nine days off, but you got to just go to Detroit real quick for one night. <laughs> maybe just stay. <laughs> yeah, maybe just hang out. Maybe I'm just going to, you know, uh, I'm going to go uh, kayaking on the, uh, on the lake. You know, that's <laughs> how I'm going to spend my nine days. Um, I hear it's pretty lovely in February. <laughs> so have I. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll break down the game tomorrow. But today, uh, we just want to remind you, this is the last game before the trade deadline. For the, Can uh, I tell you right now that in the Draft Express mock, Malik Monk is at ninth? That's nice. I'd be pretty happy with that. Although I, I looked at that this morning. No, he almost seems like a sixth man to me. Yeah, he seems like he would be stepping on uh, a lot of Seth Curry toes. If you but, have Frank Natilakina and Malik Monk both sitting there, 
Who you got? I mean, I'm probably taking Malik Monk. Um, that guy is – he's the most fun dude I've watched this year, I think. Um, you still don't, don't have a starting point card, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's not I mean, like I'm starting Frank year one, but – Exactly. I think the, the, the floor on Frank is, uh, is far lower than the floor on Malik Monk. And mm-hmm. I know th- I know this front office and those uh, those old heads that run that thing and they're rather conservative um, with their uh, with their projection. I would think um, they might have big ideas, you know, uh, things that they might want to get done. And you know, uh, we'll tell you about five years later uh, whenever Giannis turns into a, an all star. But um, if Malik Monk was here next year and Seth is here, that second unit would be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if you go three guards now that Yogi's in the fold and JJ's locked in. Damn, that's a lot of stinking guards. But I wouldn't hate like Malik and Seth Curry playing at the same time. Um, I feel like that would be some kind of uh some kind of nightmare fuel for opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Once you get JJ bouncing around in there and uh and our our new friend Yogi, like there just ain't the minutes unless you're gonna play a three guard lineup of dudes that are all under six three. Um, which doesn't seem like a great idea for extended periods of time. But, yeah, so ninth overall pick is what uh, 538 has them projected towards. And um, I think we need to remind everybody that uh, this is the last game for the trade deadline, and we're obviously trying to move Darren and Bogut. And if these guys are going to have, you know, any kind of, binder to slap down in front of another team um drew rosenhaus style um then they probably need to play pretty well tonight and i'm talking about bogut specifically because everybody knows what bogut is everybody knows he's a rim defender everybody knows he sets some nasty picks everybody knows he can play whenever healthy this year honestly for in terms of his value and in terms of the mavericks flipping um you know what they give up a second round pick for him Mm-hmm. Um, flipping a very low uh, cost asset into something that uh, could help you with a with a rebuild. This season could not have gone worse yeah. um, thus far because I feel like he he just missed a month with uh, whatever it is. Say he had Darren's calf injury and he missed three weeks. That's fine, but dude, he keeps coming back and keeps hurting different parts of his body. Now it's like hamstring, and at some point. I don't know if they consciously said we're not playing him um, until the game before the trade deadline or we're not playing him at all. And if a team wants to check on him, you know, we'll send him a video of him running and doing everything, but we're just going to keep him in bubble, keep him in bubble wrap. Um, but I think tonight's a very important game for, for Bogut and his value. Wait, so are you saying that he's already been declared good to go tonight? Uh, McMahon said that there was a good chance that he was going to play tonight. And on Tuesday or on Monday, Followell said it was like thirty percent. Yeah, I bet I bet he runs out there a little bit. That would be nice. Yeah, just well, go out there and throw his buddy against uh, Drummond. <laughs> your uh, buddy tweeted late last night that he McMahon is just tweeting that he's out for the Pistons. Oh my God! Screw this! <laughs> Damn it! And he said the night before, <clears throat> Bogut's. He was so the reason that he was positive 
um, about his chances was because on Monday night, Bogut told McMahon that he was very confident that he would play in the game when, yeah. in, in Detroit. Yeah. Well, he will not. That sucks. So he has – I mean, he has no value. I mean, I don't know if they – do you think they're consciously, like, not trying to play him in terms of not getting him hurt again? That would be a really weird strategy. I mean, I think people have done it before. People have definitely have... done it, but I think he is – it's a weird situation because I look at their backcourt and think, well, they've got a lot of guys that need to develop here, and maybe it's less about um, that they don't want him to get hurt than it is that like the marginal value he provides over their bigs they have now is smaller than what D-Will provides over the backcourt. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So yeah, like, I think so. I think Carlisle has flat out said we're better with Darren. Yeah, I think he, he said it Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, and I don't think he could complete that sentence with Bogut in that in that, that spot. That's what I'm saying. So like yeah. it's you're kind of killing two birds with one stone where you keep him from getting hurt and you also you probably are getting roughly the same by playing they can't play him with Dirk anymore. Once they decided that wasn't going to work and they started playing Dirk at the five and then, you know, filling in the rest of the minutes with Powell and Measury, it's kind of like there's not really a spot for him. I could probably make the case that it's not that different with D-Will than it is with Bogut, but in a weird way, it's almost like they're playing the guy that they know they're not going to move because Darren is not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't – I mean, I think there's a possibility he – some, I mean, Cleveland is obviously the only place that I would uh, would make a ton of sense to me for him. But yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he waves uh, his no trade number one, and then I don't think you get something back that's just a, a for sure, um, you know, asset back. I mean, Shumpert, I've kind of talked myself back into that since we last talked about it. Just considering, I, I expected that. Yeah, <laughs> I started desperate. looking into him. Well, I sat by I sat by freaking Damaris the entire Cavs game, and all he did was was S on Shumpert, and I'm well, like, I'm... to me, it's like I could easily see him playing with Wes and with Barnes, like, yeah, and I also am not confident. I'm I'm not like freaking out about Anderson because I think it's just part of doing a daily show is that we see. You know, we see the ups and downs, and there's been a lot more downs and ups this year, but I still think, like, I still think that guy can be something. But Shumpert could be your wing off. You don't have, like, a glut of wings, you know? You've mm-hmm. paid you paid Powell a big. You have a number of guards that are probably not starters. You don't really have just, like, all these – I mean, you've got Finney Smith, but this is not a couple years ago where you have Aminu – and Crowder, and you're like, damn, both these guys really have to play, really like mm-hmm. both of them. I mean, Chump could easily be the, the your first wing off the off the bench, and and if he you need him to start, he could start. Yeah, I think you know, he's a starting quality replacement level NBA wing, and I and I think for what he makes, he makes about ten to twenty percent more than those guys should make. But that's not that's a fairly easy pill to swallow for me. Yeah. No, I mean, the salary isn't as much of a deal breaker. I mean, I would, whenever they, and whenever we talked about the Shump deal, I think they were uh, a substantially worse team uh, at that moment. Um, 
And so, I don't know. Whenever you're a rebuilding team, like, I want all the flexibility possible. And I don't want um, some of my – our large – a chunk of my money locked into average. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do you any good to uh, go around and start signing um, C-plus free agents – for proper value whenever you're a rebuilding team that's just not something and a lot of teams a lot of teams do this and it makes me insane um like the pelicans that's why they're in the position they are because they gave a lot of money to like solomon hill and uh and dudes like that where i'm like that does nothing for you and now your flexibility is gone and you're giving you know appropriate free agent dollar for c plus players like what do you what do you think that does for you but now that's that a good point. I mean, really, the, that's a really good point because we're all looking to the off season and saying like, okay, they'll have twenty five million dollars. Here's Dirk, you know, signing another one year deal at like twelve. Well, if you bring Shumpert in the mix, that's essentially your team. Yeah, you're pretty, so you're pretty much locked in. That's probably enough to keep me from doing it to just ride it out with Darren. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was like, hey, we, we want Darren, and we want to get rid of Shumpert's salary, and here's a first round pick. Yeah. Now we'd be talking. Yeah, we can talk if you're uh, if there's a first round pick involved for sure. Um, even if it's next year, or the year after, or whenever Cleveland has to has to move a first round pick. But um, yeah, that sucks on Bogan, man. Um, I really <laughs> since like the first week of the season, I've been like trying to get that guy out of here. But nothing against him, you know, he's got his own weird crap. But um, if you can't flip an asset and that, those are the two assets you have right now. I mean, you're not going to move. I doubt you're moving Seth Curry. And if you are, you better be getting something very, very tasty back um, because that's an exceptionally manageable contract for uh, the rest of this season and and next season. I'm not and, touching him. Yeah, that's he's here. I want his I would, bird rights. I would move him for a done. first right now. Yeah, it depends what kind of first. I mean – I don't even know. Let me look at the uh, Draft Express and see who's down there still that would even be interested. So, okay, Philadelphia is not giving you their pick. That's projected to be six right now. And I say that full well knowing that the guy's probably a career six man and not a starting point guard or starting two guard, but still, Mm -hmm. dude. I mean, we were just talking about Malik Monk at nine being excited about it and not being certain that he's a starter. So, essentially, this is a dude who, to me, now is proven. I am – I consider Seth Curry now a proven NBA player. Yeah. At least on it, this team. I'm not saying that if he made a pulled a Berea and went to Minnesota to come off their bench for, you know, 10% of their cap that he'd be able to do this, but on this team it works. Yeah, and I I want his bird rights at the end of next year. I want I want yeah. him here and the possibility of of re-signing him um to another 2 or 3 year deal for obviously substantially more money, but um yeah. Um, all right, let's do uh, like one minute on the Pistons, <laughs> as they are the most average team in basketball to me, and they're kind of uh, they're kind of hemorrhaging. Um, I've seen trade rumors this morning of uh, they're kind of feeling around for who who wants into the Andre Drummond market. They've obviously been feeling around on Reggie Jackson. I thought Reggie Jackson to Minnesota was going to be a done deal uh, at one point in time. For Rubio? <laughs> yeah, you you bum rushed me at a bar somewhere one night, and you're like, dude. Reggie Jackson for Rubio and I'm like is this an idea you just thought of and you're like no it's done I mean Star, uh, <laughs> Stein and Woj were saying that like oh, it was all but done that was that's a weird one because I liked I liked just the idea of a straight up point guard swap for two teams that are 
trying mm-hmm. to find their way. And I, you know, I got to be careful because the other day I said that I kind of liked some of the things that Orlando had done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was more just that they have, I liked the Tobias Harris trade, which, you know, obviously brings up Detroit was not good, but I liked what they were able to give for Dwight. I like Vooch. Mm-hmm. I like Aaron Gordon. I liked Peyton. <laughs> yeah. I liked the idea of playing uh, Ibaka with Vooch. It didn't really ever happen much. Uh, I like Hazonia, although he's been bad this year. But that I'm probably setting the bar too low by saying that, like, yeah, they've made moves I like. And then I think you could probably say the same thing about Detroit. Like, I thought they'd be pretty good this year. I mean, they made what? the playoffs last year, right? They did. We get we get trapped in like fandom though, where we're like, no, that would be fun to watch. But we're not taking into account, like, oh, well, that's not going to win them 45 games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, whenever teams start putting together their little roadmap, their little building blocks, I'm like, oh, well, that'll be really fun to watch whenever they come to Dallas on a random Wednesday in, uh, in February. But seeing it on a night-to-night basis, like, Reggie Jackson has been a disaster. Um, I didn't mind that deal whenever they did it. I thought he – they probably – he probably got proper value, and uh, I've watched a ton of Reggie Jackson with, when he was with the Thunder, and I thought he was a badass. But I don't know. They're about to be locked in pretty hard because if they don't bring – they're going to bring back KCP, um, and I bet you that dude's getting about 15 a year because um, he's a restricted free agent this, this offseason. And then you have 24, um, 25, 27 locked in on Drummond. So Drummond's maxed out uh, with a player option through basically 2021. Tobias Harris is locked in for this season, next season, the one after. Reggie at $16 million, uh, on average. Reggie Jackson's locked in at uh, about 16 for not next year, the year after, and the year after. And they got John Lur on a, on a $10, 10000000 plus contract for uh, not next season, not the year after, but the one after that as well. Um, and they're about to have KCP. So they're about to have like 85 to $90 million locked up in, uh, in this five group. And John Lurie doesn't even start. Um, and then they got Boban on the books as well. So they're just kind of the most average team in basketball with very little um, means to, uh, to jump upward. And that's why they're looking at trading Drummond and Reggie Jackson. They probably just need to keep betting on internal improvement. I would, I would think Stanley so. Stanley Johnson gets better because, but I don't yeah. hate that idea because their team is super young, mm-hmm. and you know, they're like about they'll probably finish about five hundred. Yeah, I just they can they can write this season off to the Reggie Jackson injury. I feel like, and be okay moving forward. But I don't know how many more seasons of this they go through with uh, with Stan Van and Drummond and Reggie Jackson on the roster because I don't know. I think they'll be better next year because Reggie will be healthy the entire season. But, I mean, it's almost like it's not quite the extreme that Portland is um, that we've talked about, that they just they got to do something because they just literally can't get better um, by team building at this point. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the more blasé, vanilla uh, teams in the NBA that are straight down the middle, and they, they don't have a lot of wiggle room. And, yeah. Uh, We'll get to watch Andre Drummond throw down about six oops tonight. Um, uh, on uh, oh, they're up in they're up in Detroit, so we'll watch it on TV. We won't be in the building, but uh, all right, we'll talk to you about that game tomorrow morning. 
and break down some of that. And uh, thank you for listening. And Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man. I'll see you.